Good morning. Glad you're here to worship with us today. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving and hope this weekend's been restful for you. If not restful, uh, really hoping that the, the Thanksgiving, the gratitude brought some perspective because there's nothing I've found, and actually Scripture talks about this, when you're stressed or when you're pulling hard at something, gratitude just gives a lot of perspectives, help you rise above uh, what, what you're dealing with. And as you find the ability to turn, to thank God for things, boy, it, it really lifts, lifts the burden. So I hope that in the midst of all the turkey and the pie and all the stuff on Thanksgiving, you're able to stop and, and get some perspective by being grateful for um, all that God's provided us. It's an amazing thing what God's done. Uh, we are in a series called Rock Solid, and we're looking at what Jesus said in Matthew 7.24. Basically, that's our theme verse. He tacked this on to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, one of the famous, probably the most famous sermon he ever delivered. He said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus is saying, this is what he's saying, we talked about this last week, Alex launched into this series, Jesus is saying that the core issue for my stability in life and the right kind of success in life is this, will I place my confidence in the Bible as God's word to be my guide for living? Where am I going to put my confidence? Ideas matter, the principles that we buy into really matter. And what we tend to do is we buy into an idea or a principle, we collect these, they, they, they plant themselves in us like seeds. And over time, they either grow into a thing of beauty, that, something that bears fruit that we can enjoy, or they grow into weeds that we've got to pull and deal with at some point, or just keep suffering through uh, the, the effect of them. Or they, they actually poison things. Some of the ideas that we buy into that plant themselves into us poison us and our lives. Many of the choices that we make based on the principles that we buy into uh, bear fruit over 15 to 20 years. That's how long it takes. For instance, we choose a principle for parenting. We're gonna, not going to know if we're right for 15, 20 years, maybe 18, maybe more. We, we buy into these ideas, they plant themselves in us, and they bear fruit over time. So we need perspective beyond ourselves for making the choices of what we're going to buy into. We, we need it desperately. Jesus makes it clear where you can find that perspective. Everyone who hears these words of mine and obeys them. He's the one that built his life on a rock-solid foundation. Jesus' followers submit to God's word, and they let it judge them. They don't judge it. They don't put themselves above it. But they let God use his word to speak to them and judge them and straighten them out where, where they need it. So we've been looking at this. Today we're going to look at how it applies to leadership. And in the context of church leadership, primarily, but 
The same ideas, the same principles apply across the board. Now, you, you may not consider yourself a leader. I, I don't. I know that's funny. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. Nobody laughed. <laughs> maybe nobody else does. That's the deal. No, I've never considered myself a leader, uh, but I end up in positions of leadership. Everywhere I've been, I end up getting this position. Leadership in Scripture isn't primarily about position. That's, that's not what it's about. Leadership is about influence. And everybody in this room is influencing the people around them. Everyone. We, we influence others one way or the other. It's easy to define leadership in a very narrow sense and overlook the ways that we have influence over other people. In church life, you can see leaders. There's positions of leaders. There's pastors, there's staff, there's group leaders, team leaders. There's all kinds of leaders. But team members have a tremendous opportunity to influence others in the right direction. Just church members, people involved. We can all create either momentum toward the goal, toward the mission God's given us, or we create drag on that. In families, parents lead. Husbands and wives have a powerful influence on each other. Siblings influence one another. There's there's this influence that goes across the board in life. At work, bosses, clearly the leaders, they have authority. But co-workers have a tremendous amount of power in the way they live. There's a book written uh, by John Maxwell called 360 Degree Leader. He, he talks about how you can lead from any place in the organization, in, you know, up, down, sideways. You, you can lead all around. That's true. Leadership has to do with influence, and we all have a role in this. Same thing in school with our classmates when we're on a work project. Maybe we're the leader, or maybe somebody needs to at least get going on it. So in this message, what I'd like to do is I'd like, like to walk through two books of the New Testament and what it says about solid leadership. And you're thinking, oh, this is going to take a while. But what I want to do is scoot through First and Second Timothy. And I want to pull out some important clues out of these books for picking the right leaders to follow as you become a person who builds their life on the rock-solid foundation of Scripture. What happens is you, you're, able, you're able to grow in discernment to the point where you can pick the right leaders to follow. And primarily, I want to look at this so that you can grow into a person that others follow in the right direction. So you, you may not see yourself as a leader. That, that really doesn't matter because you're influencing people. When you're, get, when you're plopped in a circumstance or a situation or an arena where other people are there, you influence them one way or the other. So whether we realize it or not, we're all leading others. And so we're going to get into the Scripture because that's our compass. That, that helps us lead people the right direction. Here's what you find. Rock-solid leadership builds on the foundation of God's Word, the Bible. Probably not a shocker that that's the case. That's what we've been looking at. Leaders must be trusted. If I'm going to follow you, I have to trust you. If I lead my family to do God's will, they can trust me. Because 
he cares more about them than I do. But if I, lead, if I start leading my family to do my will, then that, that could be questionable at times. What I want is up for grabs. A lot more willy-nilly than, than what God wants. So rock-solid leaders build their foundation on the Bible. God uses some essential ingredients to build leaders. And the way it works, when you decide to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, and then he, he works, he mixes these ingredients together as you learn to walk with him, as you learn to rely on him. He mixes these ingredients together in order to grow you, in order to develop you into the kind of person who influences people in the right direction. Here's, here's the ingredients, time, testing, and truth. That equals rock solid leaders. When, when someone decides to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in, and no time is wasted. God, God uses all that we're going through, all that's happening in our lives, if we'll turn to Him, if we'll get into the Word of God, if we'll get into the Bible and listen to Him speak to us, He uses it to develop us. That's the great thing about following Christ. You're going to go through tough times anyway. But if you're following Him, it's useful. It's not wasted. Life is life. You know, life on earth is life on earth. Heaven is for heaven. And as we live on earth, we struggle with stuff. We have difficulty. We have challenges. We have opportunities that are challenging. Because every opportunity, requires, if it's worthwhile, it requires a tremendous amount of effort to make headway in it. So, with God, leadership is to be tested. And time is what he uses to test the leadership. He uses everything that we're going through. And then the testing comes. It's another essential ingredient for growing solid leaders. Your, your, your greatest times of testing, and this is not the way we normally think, but your greatest times of testing in reality are your greatest opportunities for development, for growth. God uses testing to brand the truth in our hearts. For, for God to burn the truth in, in my heart, for God to burn the truth in your heart, we have to submit to Him and to the truth. So we put ourselves under it. We let it judge us. Tested leadership is, can be trusted leadership. You can trust those who've been tested. And that's, that's the pattern in the Bible. The, the, the leadership, the positions of leadership aren't to go to those who are talented, but those who have been tested, who have proven their character in the midst of the pressure. Those are the ones that you can trust. And this is what God's trying to do. So this morning, as I said, we're going to look at Paul's instruction to Timothy because Timothy is a pastor of a church in Ephesus, and he's dealing with some leaders who have come in and are trying to lead the people astray. And I just want to walk through as quickly as possible the things that we find in these two books that, that show us how to, to build our leadership in the right way, how, how to get on track to become the kind of person who influences people in the right direction, and how do we choose leaders to follow? 
These are things to look at. Paul was coaching his young protege in how to deal with these false teachers who were trying to lead people the wrong direction. So, first off, devote yourself to the Word of God. Devote, rock solid leaders devote themselves to God's Word. This is what the first Christians did, Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching was based on the Bible, on God's Word, on the Old Testament, and then the teaching of Christ. And so they devoted themselves to this. This is a definition on the, on the board of that Greek word devoted. To be earnest towards. Now, we keep this picture in mind as we move through the message. To be earnest towards something. To persevere. Be constantly diligent. To attend assiduously all the exercises. Or to adhere closely to. I don't know if that's what you think of when you say, oh, I'm devoted to the Bible, I'm devoted to follow Christ, but that's what it takes. It, it takes a tremendous amount of focus and effort to devote yourself to God's Word and for Him to speak to you through it. Uh, you, that's the first thing. Devote yourself to the Word. To do that, you have to weed through all the other ideas because you can be devoted to other things. Look at 1 Timothy 1. It's the first idea, first principle from 1 Timothy. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves. There's temptation to devote ourselves to other stuff. Myth, endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. So, for a, a rock-solid leader to develop, you have to devote yourself to one source of authority and reject all the other sources. Filter all the other sources through that one, one source. Next thing, leadership that God's developing, train themselves in the Word. 1 Timothy 4.6, If you put these things before the brothers, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. This, this training is, is, is like exercise. I can't go to the gym for you. Can I? I mean, me, if I go to the gym, that doesn't do any good for you. I, I can't exercise for you, and you can't exercise for me. It's something that we all have to do, and we train ourselves. To the extent that you train yourself this way, you and those around you experience God's blessing through you. And we'll look at the training more in a few minutes. I'm going to walk through these principles, and then we're going to have two, two big things that we can do to apply this to our lives. Rock solid leaders align their teaching with the words of Jesus. That's what Paul says to Timothy in, in chapter 6, verse 3. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the teaching that accords with godliness, then they're off base is what he says. I roofed my house one summer, uh, my parents' house, which I'm not quite sure what my dad was thinking when he said I could do it, but he gave me all summer, roofed the house, said, you know, it's, it's going to be warm this summer. You, you, you've got all summer, so guess what? I mean, school is about to go back in session. I'm in high school, and it gets hot on a roof about 10 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, a friend and I, we, we roofed the house. We'd, we'd work till 9, 9.30. We'd start at 8, 
work until about 9, 9.30, and then we'd you know, go to the beach because it was getting hot. But anyway, that's beside the point. What we had to do, we started out, no experience as roofers. We, we roofed the first line of shingles, and we look back, and it's, it's going like this. Thankfully, it's in the back of the house. My, my dad comes home from work, and he looks at it. He's like, okay, <laughs> let me show you guys something. What you need to do is snap a chalk line. And so we, we took, from then on, we snapped a chalk line, and we used that to measure where to put the shingles so that the roof wouldn't leak when we were finished, so that it was all covered. Jesus' words are the chalk line that we use to determine whether the ideas or the principles we allow to plant in us are worth it. We filter all the other things out. We align ourselves with him and his word and what he said. And that ensures that the things that plant in us are going to bear fruit over time that we can enjoy, not poison that we're going to have to pay a price for. Next, we need to follow the pattern of faithful men. 2 Timothy 1, 13 says, Follow the pattern of sound words that you've heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. We, we need to have people that we can know who demonstrate the faith for us. Uh, we need leaders who are audio-visual uh, instruction manuals. What you say and what you see need to line up. That's what he's saying there. Next, Learn to handle the word the right way. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker has no need who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. If you don't handle a sword the right way, it cuts you. It's the same with the Bible. You have to learn how to handle it. If you're not sure about an idea that you're getting from Scripture, check it with the leaders around you. It's very, very important to learn how to handle it. I've actually included in your program, uh, a little sheet that talks about principles of interpretation. And a little later on, we're going to mention how important it is to learn. But this is, this is a skill that you have to learn, how to handle the Bible correctly. It's not, it's not brain surgery. It's, it doesn't require a degree to learn to handle the Scripture rightly. But it does take practice. It's more like working on a golf swing than it is uh, learning something in a classroom that you take home and immediately get it. You have, to, you have to practice this. So here are some principles, general principles, and some perspectives for interpreting the Bible that are very, very important uh, for you to learn. And as you get into Scripture, check these out. And I would keep it by your Bible or your iPad or whatever it is you use to, to read the Bible, your, your computer, and go back and forth. Get into the the Bible, and then see how it compares. Just one thing, it, it may require some, I think there's one thing on here that might require explanation, so I'd like to explain it before we keep moving on. It says number two principle, general principle, principle of application. I talked about this last week. Before God is going to speak to you consistently, he wants to know that you're going to do what he says. In fact, one of the sure ways to quit hearing from God as he speaks to you through your word is to just decide that mm, I might or might not do that, whatever he shows me. So you have to be ready and willing to obey him in order to hear what he has to say. 
Um, it says the primary purpose under number two uh, of the Bible is not to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. And then there are two corollaries. I, I just want to talk about the first correlate. It says some passages are not to be applied in the same way they were applied at the time they were written. Now, sometimes you can use that as an excuse. Well, that was then, this is now. That's not what I'm talking about. When this, when this occurs and you're trying to interpret the Bible, it's, it's obvious. For instance, there are some passages in the Old Testament that deal with the temple. There is no temple any longer. There is, there is no temple sacrifice. So you, you have to build a bridge. Alex talked about this first week. Build a bridge between what was going on there and to today. So this, this requires practice, but it can be done. It requires devotion to the Word of God, to the apostles' teaching, to what God says. So it's very, very important to learn this. Work on the skill, just like you'd work on a golf swing or playing an instrument or something like that. Another core way that we grow into the right kind of leader or influencer is to submit to reproof and correction from the Word. Not, not fun, but this is what we need to do. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. There's an unmistakable and unavoidable pattern that God takes us through related to His Word to develop us. We have to submit to it. Nobody can make us submit. God is a gentleman. He is not going to force you to submit to this. But if we're going to grow, we have to decide to submit. Now, I don't know what you think about the Denver Broncos. I would imagine there are a couple fans in, in the room. But I read an article this week. Peyton Manning is having an incredible year after four neck surgeries. I've watched two people close to me go through back surgeries, and I know how, how that, that affects you and your joints. He's had four procedures on his neck, and he's come back, and he's doing amazing things. Listen to his description of what he went through to be able to come back. What he did was he went back to his old college coach, who's now the, the head coach at Duke University. And he submitted himself to this guy so he would get ready to perform at the same level he had in the past again. Listen to what he, his description. He coached the daylights out of me. I, I entered that word. He coached the daylights out of me. He yelled at me, faster, faster, faster. I can remember that same feeling I had in college. I'd get mad at him. We'd go at it. It would be intense. He submitted himself to that. Now, why would he put himself under that kind of pressure in that kind of situation that, frankly, ticked him off? Why would he do that? Because he had a goal. He, he wanted to get back into the same form that he had before the, the injury, before the surgery. He wanted to reach his goal. If we're going to grow to maturity, if we were to come to the people that God uses to influence others in the right direction, that's what it takes. We have to devote ourselves to it. We're going to look more at this in a few minutes as well. But finally, solid leaders refuse to scratch itching ears. 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, 
they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Now, I don't know about you, but I love it when people agree with me. (laughs) I love it when a leader, somebody I respect who has authority, they agree with me. But solid leaders that we can follow, they speak the truth regardless of their approval rating. There's no politics that go on with a good, solid leader. They seek the truth. And they want to hear the truth regardless of how it's going to make them feel about themselves. That's that's the flow of Paul's counsel to Timothy as he coached him to develop a foundation for his own leadership, as he coached him in choosing the leaders for the congregation, and then dealing with the leaders that were taking everyone the wrong direction. So that's, that's the backdrop. I want to look at, as we wrap up, how do you grow into a rock-solid leader yourself? There are two big ideas, some points under there. As you grow into this kind of leadership, you're going to be able to identify and pick the right kind of leadership to follow. That's, that's one of the bonuses of this. There are two key things that we can do. We, we train ourselves in the Word of God, and we submit ourselves to the process that God takes us through to grow us. First of all, train yourself. We looked at this. Uh, no, we didn't look at this yet. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. Rather, train yourself. There it is again. You've got to do this exercise. I can't exercise for you. You can't exercise for me. Train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. There is no workaround for this kind of training. We, we read the Bible, we hear the, the, what God says, we read His Word, we hear it, and then we do it. And over time, we grow to maturity. To train yourself like this, we have to decide to filter all of our ideas through the Bible. 2 Timothy 2.23, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. They, they don't do any good. You have to place your confidence in the Word, what we, we talked about last week, in God's Word. And then we take everything we hear and read, everything we take in, from the media, from family, friends, professors, teachers, others, and we filter it through the Scripture. That's how you train yourself. We can learn to do this. We also need to develop a habit of doing God's Word. Ezra 7.10, Ezra was a leader in the Old Testament, led the nation of Israel back to God and into uh, their, their homeland. And it says that, here's the pattern, it says Ezra had set his heart, there's that idea of being devoted, he set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. He sets a pattern, study, then do it, and then teach. Don't get those backwards. Don't don't teach, and then study and do, or don't study, then teach, and not do. That's, That's the way it works. Another key thing that we do in order to train ourselves in the Word of God is to learn to accurately interpret the Bible. 2 Timothy 2.15, we looked at this verse. Learn to rightly handle the Word of Truth. At some point, as you walk with the Lord, you have to start feeding yourself. 
You have to get your own groceries if you're going to grow in your relationship with him. Uh, Hearing the word like this and discussing it in in groups is, is helpful, it's important, but it only goes so far if you aren't getting your own groceries, if you aren't learning to let God speak to you through the word uh, yourself on your own. Last week, we saw the warning against developing your own interpretation uh, of the Bible. Uh, there's one correct interpretation. There may be many applications. There may be many applications that are okay. Um, so that's why I've included those principles of interpretation so that you can practice that and work on that. It's going to require some thought. It's going to require some devotion, some effort to figure it out. But nobody can, at a certain point, you have to get your own groceries, and and nobody can do the work for you. And so I, I hope that you're encouraged to do that, because there is a big payoff. Because what happens is, ideas plant in you. Truth from God's Word, plants in you. And then He uses His Word to guide you in a direction that helps you live a life of stability and the right kind of success. And those ideas, those principles, they grow over time to bear fruit that you can enjoy. This is a, this is a big decision. What you're going to build your life on. Another key to training yourself is to decide to face the truth about yourself and your circumstances. Another unpopular activity. (laughs) 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. We, We need to guard against the human tendency to gather people around us who agree with us and make us feel great about ourselves. That's normal. We all like to do that. We have to make a conscious choice to listen to God's Word in the Bible and gather people around us who are going to speak the truth to us based on the Word of God. If we really want to grow and develop into people who influence others in the right direction, that's what we have to do. Several years ago, I read a book, Leadership Challenge. It's a business book about how ordinary people, they didn't go to the business stars of the day and... Uh, do the research based on them, but they, they talked to ordinary people and they developed uh, some best practices based on their research. One characteristic of the s- successful business leaders, they had all kinds of personalities. Some people were extroverts, some people were introverts, some, this, that, and the other. One characteristic of successful business leaders was this. They faced the brutal fact about their organization. And when I read that, I knew I needed to start facing the brutal fact about church life at Church of the Valley because it, it just needed to be. And every time I do that, every time I get ready to face the brutal facts in my own life and deal with something, every time I get ready to face the brutal facts over something I'm leading, a stewardship God's given me, an arena to lead, I get a knot in my stomach. I get sort of... I don't really, do I really want to know the truth about what's going on here? Or do I just want to feel good about life and skate along the surface? There is no other way to keep moving forward. No other way than to face the brutal facts. It means we need to face the truth that's revealed about ourselves and refuse to dance around it. We train ourselves this way. 
crucial aspect of training ourselves in the right things, in godliness. Then finally, we must submit to the process that God uses for equipping us for the good we can do in life. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. We read 16. All Scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So this is how God equips people for good work. Here's the process. He uses over and over and over again to help us get straightened out in life. Here it is. Uh, First of all, we are taught there's teaching, which shows us the path to walk on. Then, we, we may get reproved. There's reproof. Because as you get into the Scripture, you're taught, and the truth reproves you, which means it shows you where you've gotten off the path. It's like that, that word reproof is like the convincing or convicting like a jury of guilt. It's like you, you know, you, you're convicted. Uh, and then uh, there's correction that comes from Scripture, which shows you how to get back on the path. Literally, the word means to write up again. So you've gotten off the path, but to get you straightened out again, to write you up again. And then training shows you how to stay on the path. All of this happens as you get into the Bible for yourself, as you hear the Bible taught. This is the process God uses. This is how God trains us through the Word. Now, I want to use one of the most convicting verses I've ever read in my life as an example of how this works. It's Ephesians 4.29. It says, Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but um, only such as is good for edifying or for building up as fits the occasion that it may impart grace to those who hear. That's, that's one of the most convicting verses I've ever read in my entire life. It reproves me, it corrects me, it convicts me. So it teaches me, though. Shows me the path to walk on. This is what I should do. I should only use words that build other people up and impart grace to them. Give them grace. But then it reproves me. It shows me where I've gotten off the path. When I use words to tear down or manipulate or to build myself up, to make myself look good, if I use cutting, sarcastic words that lack grace, that don't cut anybody else any slack, that are aimed to extract my pound of flesh for what they just said to me, whatever it is, I'm reproved. I I know I've done that. When I read the Bible in, in a daily time, or when I hear it on Sunday, or I review it in my scripture memory, God reproves me like this verses like this. Correction shows you how to get back on the path. The way you do that is you confess you're wrong and you set yourself once again to use only words that build up. God forgives. He forgives. You confess you're wrong. You straighten it out with the person you've offended. If you've said something to them, you get it right with them. And then you set yourself again to stay on the path. I can stay on the path by filtering my selfish words and making it my goal to only use words that are appropriate, that build up, that impart grace. And I need God's help to do that. I need His help, and I need His grace when I don't. 
And so to really change, this is how the Bible changes us. We go in, into the Word of God. We see what He teaches. We're, we're reproved, we're corrected, and we're trained. To really change, I have to stop doing what I've been doing and start doing something else. And so God has used this process hundreds and thousands of times over the past 40 years in my life as I've walked with him. This is the training. This is, this is what we need to submit ourselves to. And I hope I've encouraged you to do that this morning. Because there is a huge reward as we gather ideas and allow the truth to sink into our hearts. As God uses testing and all the, the, the challenge, the trouble, the opportunities, as He uses it to burn it into our hearts, there's a, a, a major reward as we see the ideas we can build on that over the next 15, 20 years bear fruit that we can enjoy. As the band comes up, I'd like to um, walk you through some next steps that you could possibly take as a result of hearing the, the Scripture taught this morning. Um, Here's some suggested next steps. If you look on the back of your connection card that's in the program, uh, they're there. And if you'd pull that connection card out, that'd be great. You could finish completing any info on there that you haven't had a chance to fill out or mark one of these next steps that I'm suggesting. Uh, here, here they are. First one, memorize 2 Timothy 2.15 and decide that I'm going to learn how to handle this Bible right, the right way. You, you can do it. it. It can be done. It's not... It doesn't require a master's level degree to get into the Word and let God speak to you. But memorize that as, as a, a way to remind yourself to dig in. And then another step would be to grow as a leader, to grow my influence, the ability to influence others in the right way by either one, circle one or two. Those are the points. Either training, I'm going to decide to train myself to get devoted to the, what I need to be devoted to, to train myself in the Word of God, or to submit. Maybe that's where your struggle is. Your struggle may be more at submitting to the process. And last week we talked about gaining confidence in the Bible as God's Word. We talked about some things. If you weren't here and didn't hear it, it may be helpful to give you an outline of how to gain confidence in the Bible as, as God's Word. But those are some suggested next steps that you can take. Would you pray with me uh, before we continue on? Father, we thank you for the truth that we see in your word that guides us. We thank you for the, the grace that you pour out on us as we're reproved and corrected by your word. Thank you for your patience with us, your forbearance. You, you always uh, just give the grace we need in the moment, if we will turn to you and trust you with our lives. So God, as we set ourselves to build a foundation for influence, I ask for your help. God, would you, would you strengthen us? Would you help us? Would you lead us? We ask for this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.